0: Hi, hello and welcome. I'm Royful Brown. I am sat in a rather dim grey Birmingham. It means I'm back home with my mum and pa. I'm in their house because they're actually in Bali right now. Relaxing, or so I say chillaxing in some tropical sun, getting some R&R. In this blockbuster of an edition of Mid-Atlantic, we are going to delve into the aftermath of the recent triple by-elections which have happened in Britain and their significance on the political landscape. The results have been bad news for the Tories, and we have Corey Bernard uh, with us to tell us just how bad these results have been. Labour has emerged victorious in Selby and Anstey, overturning a massive Tory majority, whilst the Liberal Democrats have unseated the Conservatives in Somerton and Frome. All of these by elections were triggered by the resignation of Boris Johnson. Uh, which had this cascaded effect. However, the Tories have just about clung on in Boris Francis' old seat in Uxbridge and South Ricelip. Beyond these specific results, these by-elections showcase that UK voters are becoming increasingly adept at making tactical decisions as seen by the party's shifting fortunes in the different constituencies. And specifically, we need to highlight the fact that the Labour Party only campaigned with a, an arm behind its back in Somerton and Frome, which allowed the Lib Dems to secure massive swing against the Tories. Tuckwell Stephen, commonly known as Steve Tuckwell, the Conservative Party candidate, 13,900... And- yeah! This message from the Uxbridge and South West residences is, is clear. Sadiq Khan has lost Labour this election... Dyke, Sarah-Joanne, Liberal Democrats, 21,187. It is humbling to be elected to represent the place my family have lived for generations and farmed for over 200 years. Mather, Keir Alexander, Labour Party, 16,456. I understand the enormity of what has just happened. I know what an honour this is, and I am humbled by this opportunity to serve. In this campaign, we have rewritten the rules on where Labour can win. People have opened their doors to us and embraced our positive vision for the future. And thousands of the votes cast yesterday were in Labour's box for the very first time. For those of you who have put your faith in our party, thank you. Corey, these are bad results for Rishi Sunak. Nobody he's saying they're anything but that, but just how bad do you think they are?
1: Bad but not that bad.
0: Please um, please expand on that, sir. We have a podcast and we have time to fill. So far be it from me to disagree with the likes of Robert Peston
1: and other esteemed political journalists who've I been mean, journalists long almost as long as I've been alive. However, I don't think it was that bad. If you look at them on a granular level, all three election you you've got the one in the southwest, which is classic Lib Dem by-election territory. And for those who don't get the jargon, sorry. I'm... So essentially, the Lib Dems usually do quite, quite well historically in the southwest, and the Lib Dems also do very well during by-elections. So for me you've got a double advantage there for the Lib Dems. That combined with the fact that the previous Tory MP who left, which triggered this by-election, left in a little bit of scandal, although, compared to other recent Tory scandals, it wasn't that big of a scandal. So, I put that one to one side because I'd I start were, And also, as you mentioned as well in your intro, Labour fought that one with one hand behind their back. Obviously, they would never admit it, but they they only campaigned half-heartedly in that one. So, I put that one to one side, And then, so then you look at the other two, you've got the one in Selby, which is, I think, a neighbouring constituency to Rishi Sunak's constituency in Yorkshire. That in a twenty, yes, that had a twenty thousand majority. Which, as far as British constituency majorities go, is pretty big. And mm. the Tories lost that one. I think that, on its own, is, is horrible. You twenty thousand majority. You know, your, your biggest majorities are in the twenties, twenty thousands. There's a couple of constituencies out of the 650, that have majorities in the 13,000. A few. Diane Abbott's being one. Uh, that's a famous example. I think this is the biggest majority in the country at something like 35,000. But yeah, basically, all that to say, it's a massive majority. To lose a 20,000 majority is huge. So that one on its own, yeah, that that's horrible. And then you've got the one in Oxbridge, Boris Johnson's old seat, where the majority was much less. It was 8,000. And they held on to it, but only with a much reduced majority of, I think, about 500. So I actually expected it to be the way around. And this is why I say bad, but not that bad. And also maybe me saying bad, not that bad, is me just buying into the prediction slash pricing in that the Tories all wanted us to go into the elections expecting. They want, as they wanted to manage expectations because they knew they were going to get beaten in at least one, if not two, if not three. So maybe how I'm just swallowing that line and, and I should be more circumspect. But the fact that they just lost what sorry. The fact that they again I put this the one in the Southwest to one side. And out of the other two, the fact that they just lost one, yes, they lost the worst one because they lost the one with the biggest majority. I think but that's why I say bad but not that bad. It's a by election, it's a government that's been in, in it's a party that's been in government for what, coming up well, three and a half years they've been in in government. By-election, you're always going to, you put any government three elections in one night, they're hardly ever going to win, Never, gonna, they're not going to win all three,
0: and they'll be happy to take one or two. So that's why I say it's bad, but not that bad. But if we do this in reverse order, so you mentioned Uxbridge and South Bricelet, which is Boris Johnson's old seat. The Tories there have hung on by less than 500 votes because of a, a local issue, this low emission zone, which was supposed to be expanded to all of London and you've got people in their big gas guzzling cars um, that fundamentally just don't want that, those same restrictions on them. So was, there was a local issue there. And I think the Green Party kind of threw their way in with Labour to try and flip that seat without that specific local issue. This would have been a wipeout. Specifically looking at that constituency, you do think there is some level of residual Boris Johnson vote there, but it was a local issue. And the irony is that Boris Johnson brought in the low emission zone actually for central London. It's actually a Boris Johnson policy, but Tory voters didn't want it expanded there. So if you take that out of it, this is actually fundamentally somewhat of a drubbing surely no and i'll tell you why i disagree so that
1: issue with the new land, the ultra low emission zone i think that speaks to problem in within labor labor clearly can't get that central team in line with the regional if you look at the i was going to say the two biggest but let's include the west midlands combined authority your your mayor is labor am i correct yes so you've got the three biggest cities in the country.
0: Oh, no, the so, sorry, sorry. I was thinking of the Lord Mayor of Birmingham is most definitely mm-hmm. Labour. However, the Mayor of the West Midlands Combined Authority is Andy Street is actually a Tory.
1: Okay, all right. Let's part that for one time. London and Manchester, two of the biggest three cities in the country, Labour mayors. Not only Labour mayors, but former high-profile Labour MPs who left Parliament to become mayors. If if I'm Kier Star, if I'm Labour. And the two most high-profile mayors in the country are also from my party. And I'm trying to get into government. I need to be on the same page as these guys. We need to be working hand in glove, in lockstep, all the way to the election and beyond. And that is just like the case. I'm from Manchester, Andy Burnham, clearly there's not much love lost between him and Labour nationally. So then looking at this issue, you London, and you're saying that if not for the ULEs, if not for Sadiq Khan bringing, proposing this extension of the emissions zone, Labour would have won. But doesn't that speak to a problem? The fact that you've got such a mismatch between the national Labour out and, and Sadiq Khan, the mayor of the biggest city. So much so that when Kirsan was being asked about his policy before these before by the elections, he was staying very much on the fence and not wanting to commit either way. So if I'm, so, yeah, you can look. To, you look at this. You look at these elections in two directions. Say, how bad is it for the Tories? How good is it for Labour? I still maintain it. Bad for the Tories, but not bad as valuable, could have been. But I don't think it's great for Labour either, because that signals that you and and it signals what we all know. Because not so much with the shadow cabinet, but like I said, with these other national Labour figures, there's clearly no joined up thinking, no joined up campaigning, no joined up. So one mission going forward, together sense of it, and you are trying to get into government. Yeah, that's, if I am in Labour, I am thinking that was a But the other thing I want to say as well about coming back on this Oxbridge issue: the, the thing that Labour have been going, getting so excited about over the past year, eighteen months, is the fact that they've stormed the head on the polls. Why did they initially storm ahead in the polls? They initially stormed ahead in the polls because of the incompetence, skullduggery and just sheer shitness of, of Boris Johnson and his government. So you get the massive lead in the polls, which you still maintain 12 months after. And it's mainly due to how bad Boris Johnson was. But you can't then beat Boris Johnson in his own seat again. If I'm Labour, I'm thinking, "Mm, we should have won that easily. And if I'm Tories, I'm thinking, "Mm, things are bad, but could be worse.
0: I don't know. I, I think this is a, a local issue, and a couple of people in the chat back in your PS Diamond says you can't underestimate what a big deal the low emissions zone is in London. Roland also said Labour could have won up Bridge South South to it, but did not because a Labour mayor wants to extend a, the U list charge. So I really do think that this is a, a local issue. But if we, if we go back to Selby and Anstey the Labour Party has made history it's it's the largest overturned Conservative majority some 20,000 and that's the biggest by-election win the Labour Party has since 1945 this does augur well outside of London outside of the South East that Labour will win back those Red Wall seats won't they and actually, not only win them back, but actually is going to be competitive in blue wall seats because this is a, con- a traditional conservative seat. I actually think it will go back to the Tories at the next general election, out because the, sh- the the amount of votes were down significantly. This is a by election, not a general election, but this does all go well. This does show a level of disapproval for Rishi Sunak in the last year. Of his government, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely.
1: Like I said, just that, that by election in Selby taken by itself, that's horrible. 20000 That's huge. Like you said, that's the biggest thing Latinx. In fact, that's, that is huge. And like we said also, that's a blue seat. And maybe I'm being too naive. Maybe the fact that Kistama isn't on the same page and doesn't care about being on the same page as his mayor's in London and Manchester Manchester because he knows those are the seats he doesn't really need to worry about because... You will win pretty much every seat in Manchester and most of inner London. And it is those seats like Selby that, that would be dream seats and the seats that you need to win. Because don't forget, this is why I'm not this optimistic as so many people I speak to seem to be about this big labour with. The swing that they would need to win the next election is bigger than what Tony Blair got in 1997. It's a huge task. But... That kind of task would need seats like Selby and whatever it's... and Is it Selby and Ashby? Well, yeah, it would need seats. Like Ainsley, sorry, yeah. So, yes, it is huge. Take it on its own, definitely. And those, like I said, those are the seats. Seats like that, you need to win some seats like that in, in order to get out. I thought it would be the other way around. I thought they would lose that one just
0: because of the sheer majority of it. And I thought they would win the Oxbridge one. But it was the other way around. So, if you were a betting man, uh, but before we come on to uh, looking at what this says about British politics and the timing of the next general election, which one of these new MPs would you expect to safely contest their seat in the general election? Let's say the general election happens in a in about a year's time. So we've got Kia Mather, who won with that massive swing in Selby and Aynstie. We get Tory Steve Tucknell in Uxbridge, and we have Sarah Dyke, who's a, now the Liberal Democrat MP for Somerset and Frome. Which one of them do you think will actually still be a, an MP in, let's say, eighteen months time after the next general election? Ooh, right. I think
1: with that the Oxbridge one, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be feeling safe if I was the Oxford winner. I'd be definitely looking at some new jobs in eighteen months because to lose <laughs> to basically get almost taken out like that is doesn't bode well. the one in Selby because I think that the, this big labour route isn't going to happen I would say that one is the most likely to flip back so I'd say in order Selby you probably he's 25 he, she probably might be out of a job in 18 months then I'd go Oxbridge and then the least likely I'd say is the one in the South West the against
0: Somerset in and- and it's yeah, I'm from from yeah, um, yeah and then just to j- just to end up before we wrap up this short mid atlantic group what does this tell us about the potential timing of the next general election you I one thing I will agree with you is that I think just about all leaders of the main three political parties can take something away from this the lib dems can say we're back we're contenders But but as you said in caveat, that by saying that they do well in the south-west and also they do well in in by-elections. The Labour Party have had a stunning swing to them. It's also shown that the two parties can tactically work together, or at least uh, the voters can tactically vote in either one of those two constituencies. The Lib Dems only got a, a just over a thousand votes in Selby and Ainsty. So obviously, Lib Dem voters put their weight behind Keir Mather. And then, ditto, uh, the opposite happened in Somerset and Frome, where the Labour Party actually lost its deposit, but it, it wasn't trying. Uh, so we have uh, some level of tactical voting. But then we do have, if the Tories can have a campaign, a local campaign, which is about local issues, not national issues, not let's just try and forget they've been in power for 13 years they can rail against the establishment and etc that they can be competitive what do you think this tells us about the timing of the next general election if you're rishi sunak what do you say if i'm rishi sunak i'm going to do what i would do if i was rishi sunak
1: on tuesday and that would be I'm going to have a general election sometime between December 20th and December 21st, 2024. I'm not doing a thing differently. I think his best chance of winning is by delaying, delaying. Which, some say that's the mistake that Gordon Brown made in 2010 and also John Major 97. No, not. Yes, John Major 97, Michael it, hoping that things will improve right till the last minute. But yeah, I'd still do that because I think that's the only hope. I don't think he's changed anything. If not, if anything, I think it probably reinforces it. I think if he, if they've won uh, seats yes, if they won more than they did yesterday, then it might maybe, possibly consider bringing it mainly slightly earlier. But I think the best hope for them is the same as it was two days ago. And it's to drag it out as long as possible, simply because Keir Starmer doesn't... Keir Starmer isn't anywhere. Nobody's voting for Keir Starmer. They're voting against crap that the presenters have, have done and put the country in that. I'm just hoping that I can reverse some of those anti votes enough. And, and and that is that simple that's a simple case of of, of time and just hoping that things giving myself enough time to hope that things get better.
0: So that that's what I do. You I? you, sir, are a representative of the British electorate. You are the typical British voter. You've given us a lot of good Insight and intel, Corey. I'm I'm, I'm hoping for a cold December if I'm really to that for a, for an election. It, it's interesting that you used the example of Gordon Brown and John Major put pushing things back, hoping that things would get better. The classic example in British politics of that is James Callaghan in 1979. But the the analysis is always been that if it had gone in the autumn for that general election, he would have won, but he Pushed it and pushed it, and went the last the last available time, and the Tories ended up winning. And we have Thatcher, and it wasn't even a big majority; it was a pre- pretty slim majority. But the-, the Conservatives do win, and that is understanding the electorate. But that Labour government was beset by by strikes and a feeling that the country just wasn't working. And it, and it there is a, such a similar analogy with this government, but they don't seem to be hit with the same perception of labor of labor conflict that working labor, not the labor party now we have nurses we've had nurses and strike we've had teachers, train drivers, doctors it goes on and on, but somehow this hasn't been pinned on them in the way that the winter of nineteen seventy nine was pinned on on the labor party the fact that so many different groups of workers just went out on strike. But anyway, we have 19, sorry, we have at least maybe, what, another, what, 16 months of this government. Only time will tell. There you go, folks. Uh, that's been your quick, short, low down and dirty Mid Atlantic trying to understand, trying to analyze last night's three by election result in the UK. We had victories for all three of the major political parties. Take care. Look after yourselves. Don't forget, left attend to, to politics is right thinking politics, but we don't demonise our right thinking brothers and sisters. We try and meet them in the common debate, where we can sit down and discuss politics. However, we are advocates for the end of the neoliberal order, because all it does is exacerbate wage and income inequality. We do need a new paradigm, not only in British politics but in American politics. But and to do that, we need to break bread with people who have disagreed with us for the last 40 years, but we now we need to convince them of the economic data and the history of the last 40 years. And on that note, I'll bid you all adieu. you. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.
1: We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty.